we're wanting to think this morning about hearing the voice of God, hearing the voice of God in a noisy world. That's what I'm calling it, hearing the voice of God in a noisy world. Uh, just this last week, Janice had a hearing test, and she was told that for her age, she's still very, very young, for her age, her hearing was above average, which is really very, very encouraging. When it comes to our hearing God, I wonder if you would say your spiritual hearing was about above average. If you had a scale of one to ten where one was completely deaf, you can't hear the voice of God, and ten was you're just hearing God all the time. I wonder where you put yourself on that scale in terms of hearing the voice of God. Our digital age means that there is a constant demand for our attention from our screens with messages, news feeds, Facebook posts, Instagram images, WhatsApp, Snapchat, Twitter, and there's probably a load more that you're familiar with and I'm not familiar with. But our digital age means that on our phones, we're constantly bombarded with messages from a whole host of platforms. And I sometimes wonder, does God feel excluded from our lives? Because we're picking up all these messages from people all over the world by different means. Where does that leave God? Maybe God should invent his own app so that um, he could instantly get through to us. And we might be able to hear him more clearly and more frequently. You see, ever since the creation of instant coffee, we live in a culture that sells the message that everything is now. Uh, you don't need to wait for anything any longer because whatever you want, you can have it now. The old slogan, buy now, pay later. Well, there's one exception, having babies. We do have to wait generally nine months to have a baby. But I reckon most of you ladies, if you could have them immediately, uh, you would be quite pleased about that. Apparently rabbits uh, from conception to birth, it's about six weeks or something like that, or maybe mice, it's even quicker. But in our instant age, most things we can have immediately. Information is at our fingertips. How often do you say, oh, I'll just Google that and find out. And so we've got all this communication that is coming to us instantly and we're bombarded with it on a daily basis. David Kinnaman in his book that I referred to last week, Faith for Exiles, he said, we live in what is known now as an accelerated age. And this is what he says, everything moves faster. The news cycles, the speed of information, the pace of life, the rate of change, Digital tools, devices, and content drive our perceptions and experiences of reality. They offer an illusion of total control and a mirage of complete access to the world. When we look at the Bible, hearing God is one of the defining characteristics of Scripture. And yet in our 
culture, in our generation, it seems that there's a constant noise that often mutes the voice of God to us personally. The scripture says in Psalm 19, the heavens proclaim the glory of God, the skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard, yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. If you were with us on the Alpha course last Thursday, you will have remembered Nikki Gumbel mentioned that when you look at the mountains, you say, wow, or you look at the starry sky and see the galaxies and you say, wow, it's amazing. It's, it's awesome. There are no words to describe it, but the heavens declare the glory of God, as the psalmist said in that psalm that I just quoted. And creation is often God's way of generally speaking to us. He speaks from all that he has created and made. But what about him personally speaking to you and to me? In this last year, I have often asked different Christian leaders, what is God saying about this pandemic? You've probably asked the same question. And invariably, the answer has come back to me from Christian leaders, I don't know. There have been all sorts of prophecies. I remember a prophecy last Easter where some prophetic person said, this pandemic will finish by Passover. Well, that was clearly wrong. And that person hadn't heard from the Lord. But, but often people can make great pronouncements and people have tried to discern and understand what God has been saying. But there hasn't been any authentic, clear revelation to us as to what this pandemic has been all about. Sometimes, as it says in the book of Deuteronomy, the heavens can seem like brass when we're asking God for answers and we don't have any reply. It seems as if God has not given us any clarity about this pandemic, hasn't given us any real meaning or understanding as to why the world has been attacked by COVID-19. But none of this has taken God by surprise. None of this has happened outside of his knowledge and his knowing and his sovereign will. The Bible says of Jesus in the, the book of Colossians, he existed before anything was created and Jesus is supreme over all creation. He holds all creation together. And then in Hebrews 1, it says Jesus radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God and he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. So even though we may not have heard any answers from God as to this season that we find ourselves in, we can still trust him because we are called to live by faith and not by sight or to live by believing and not by seeing. Now, we're going to have read to us from 1 Samuel 3 and the first 14 verses. I can't remember who's reading, but someone's going to read to us from 1 Samuel 3 and verses 1 to 14. Thank you. 1 Samuel verse 
First uh, Samuel chapter three, verses one to 14. Now the boy Samuel was attending to the service of the Lord under the supervision of Eli. The word of the Lord was rare and precious in those days. Visions, that is new revelations of divine truth were not widespread. Yet it happened at that time as Eli was lying down in his own place. Now his eyes had begun to grow dim and he could not see well. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. That the Lord called Samuel and he answered, here I am. He ran to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you, lie down again. So he went and lay down. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. But Eli answered, I did not call you my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know or personally experience the Lord and the word of the Lord was not yet revealed directly to him. So the Lord called Samuel a third time and he stood and went to Eli and said, here I am for you did call me. Then Eli understood that it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So Eli said to Samuel, go, lie down and it shall be that if he calls you you shall say speak lord for your servant is listening so samuel went and lay down in his place then the lord came and stood and called as at the previous times samuel samuel then the then samuel answered speak for your servant is listening the lord said to samuel Behold, I am about to do a thing in Israel at which both ears of everyone will hear, who hears it will ring. On that day, I will carry out against Eli everything that I have spoken concerning his house, that is his family, from beginning to end. Now I have told him that I am about to judge his house forever for the sinful behavior which he knew was happening because his sons were bringing a curse on themselves that is dishonoring and blaspheming God and he did not rebuke them. Therefore, I have sworn to the house of Eli that the sinful behavior of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Amen. Thank you, Nanny, uh, very much. Thank you. Uh, Sarah, is Paul around? I need him in just a couple of minutes. Is he available? Thank you. Okay. This is perhaps a, a passage that we're all familiar with, with Samuel. Um, his mother couldn't have children, and then God miraculously answered prayer. And with God answering prayer, his mother, Hannah, promised that she would give Samuel back to the Lord. So she dedicated him to the Lord and he grew up in the temple and he learned to serve under the tutorage of the priest at that time whose name was Eli. 
And this is the first encounter for Samuel in hearing God's voice. And if we're going to hear God in a noisy world, then the first thing that's important is that we must recognize God's voice. To hear God, we must recognize his voice. It says in verse, Samuel, Sam, verse 7, Samuel did not yet know the Lord because the Lord had never spoken to him before. We all have to come to that moment in our Christian faith where we learn to recognize the voice of God. It is something that's very personal to each and every one of us. Knowing God's voice is not some kind of spooky transcendental thing where our eyes glaze over and God takes over our bodies. It's nothing weird, it's nothing strange or odd. His voice is something that's natural and normal because you and I are not strangers to God. The Bible tells us in Psalm 139, he knew us when we were being formed in our mother's womb. So God has always known us. We are not strangers to God, but often we are strangers to him in the sense we have to learn to recognize his voice. And often that first encounter with the voice of God can take us by surprise, as it did Samuel. Now, we're going to do an experiment now. Uh, it's not terribly scientific, but we're going to do it. Uh, Paul, I want you to close your eyes, please. No peeping, but I want you just to listen. Use your ears. So would you close your eyes? OK, and this is what I want you to do. Unmute. You need to unmute. Right, there we go. Good morning, Paul. Okay, open your eyes, Paul. Who spoke to you then? You're on mute. Sorry, can I have, can I have one more go? I was still caught up <laughs> yeah. in the whole, I'm mute. Sorry, talk about, close your eyes. Okay, right. we'll, we'll repeat the scientific exercise. Good morning, Paul. Okay, who was the voice? That's so bad. Um, <laughs> oh no. Uh, I have no idea. Oh, dear. Okay. <laughs> Shall I just guess? Yeah, go on, guess. Brian. Yes! Well done. Okay. Close your eyes. We'll give you a second chance. Okay. Keep them closed. Hello, Paul. Do you want to hear that again? Yeah. Close your eyes, listen again. Hello, Paul. Okay, who was that? Was it Amanda? No. Okay, the science has worked. Always trust the science. Okay, the first voice was Brian, which is a voice that Paul has known for a long time. He's had a relationship with Brian for years. The second voice was Mary, 
who Paul doesn't really know. Oh. Okay. So Paul recognized Brian's voice because he's known Brian for a long time. But Mary, he's only recently perhaps got to know her, but doesn't recognize her voice. Isn't it so simple and so obvious? You recognize the voice of those you know, but someone who's not familiar to you, it's very difficult to recognize and pinpoint that voice. Now, here in the middle of the night, Samuel heard God calling him, but he thought it was Eli. Three times he jumps out of bed and goes to Eli and says, Eli, you called me. Now, Eli was blind. He was getting pretty old. And maybe Samuel thought this man is talking in his sleep. But the reason he went to Eli was because he did not recognize the voice of God. Recognition comes through relationship. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. I've recently read a book by a guy called Philip Keller. He's since passed on a number of years ago, but he was a shepherd and uh, he raised sheep for many, many years in different parts of Africa. And he said this, sheep quickly become accustomed to their owner's particular voice. They are acquainted with its unique tone. They know its peculiar sounds and inflections. They can distinguish it from that of any other person. You see, Jesus wants to be on intimate terms with each one of us. And it's interesting that Jesus is also called the word of God. He is the one who came to reveal God the Father to us. He is the one who came to show us what God is really like. Jesus was none other than God with flesh, just like you and just like me. And he came to show us what our Heavenly Father is like so that we can enjoy a relationship with him, an intimacy with him, and know the voice of God on a daily basis in our own lives. Now, there are five things that I think are helpful to us out of the experience of Samuel here that I just want to highlight that will help us to learn to discern the voice of God. Number one, taking time to be in God's presence, taking time to pray, to read the Bible, etc. It says in 1 Samuel 2, 21, Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. For the last 50 years, I have lived in the presence of Janice. I know her voice intimately. I, I often know her thoughts, her moods, her desires, her aspirations. Why? Because I have lived in her presence. Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. If we're going to recognize God's voice, we need to live in his presence. How do we live in his presence? Taking time to switch off from everything else. Taking time just to be quiet, to be still, to pray, to read the Bible, to say, Jesus, I just want to come near to you. I want to know you. I want to hear you. We live in a busy world. And that busyness can often mean that we don't carve out time to be in God's presence. Being in God's presence is not just something we do on a Sunday morning on Zoom or when we used to be able to gather together in the church building. Sometimes we think being in God's presence is 
is related to having a church meeting where we sing songs and focus on God. No, God wants us to be in his presence 24-7, 365 days a year. Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. One of our values is encountering the presence of the Lord. If we spend more and more time drawing near to God, seeking to be in his presence, we will learn to recognize his voice. The second thing that is important out of Samuel is, of course, obedience to God's word. In 1 Samuel 2, 26, it says Samuel grew in favor with the Lord. Janice and I have four children, three boys and a girl. None of them are favorites. We have never made one of our children a favorite. But as they grew up, those who were obedient to us, we favored. They got the extra sweets. They were able to watch a little bit more television. If they behaved, then they were favored. We, we all do that with our children. That, that's just normal and natural. Samuel grew up in the favor of the Lord. Why? Because he was obedient to God. If you and I live our lives in obedience to the word of God, we will know the voice of God. If you live your life in disobedience to God, you will become removed from God. You won't hear and recognize his voice because disobedience is a sin. And God does not regard us when we're behaving sinfully. So this is another simple principle. If I want to be someone who is hearing the voice of God daily, then I need to live in obedience to God's word and practice and behave in a way that is pleasing to the Lord. Third thing that's important out of Samuel is that we hear the voice of God by serving God. It says in this passage that Nanny read, 1 Samuel 3 verse 1, Samuel served the Lord. We live in a time where most people serve themselves. Life is about me, what I want to do. It's about my choices. It's about my will. Being a Christian is about living our lives according to God's will, serving God's purposes, serving God's plans, doing those things that bring honor and glory to him. And if we make that our focus, if we say, Jesus, I want my life to make a difference to, for you. I want my life to be a blessing for others. I want my life to reflect your glory and bring honor to you. If we have that servant attitude, we will hear and know the voice of God. It says in Philippians 2 that Jesus took upon himself the form of a servant. He humbled himself and he became obedient even unto death. That's the way to know communion with the Father, being someone who serves the purposes of God. Number four, again from 1 Samuel 3 verse 9, we hear the voice of God from other godly people. Because Eli gave Samuel this guidance. After the third time when Samuel went up and said, you did, you did call me. You know, it was you. And then Samuel, Eli suddenly realized, he says, no, it wasn't me. I know what's happening here. He said, if that voice calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Other people can help us to hear the voice of God. Sometimes we might be in a very difficult situation. We're trying to discern, God, what are you saying for me? What's your will for my life? What's your purpose? 
other godly people we can go to and say, look, can you help me? And others can speak the word of the Lord into our lives. That often happens throughout the scriptures. You read it time and time again. God raised up the prophets. God raised up other people to actually be his mouthpiece. And we need to recognize that we can at times hear God's word through the mouths of others who are godly and serving the Lord. And then a fifth area where we can hear the voice of God is, of course, by the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. In 1 Samuel 3.19, this wasn't read to us, but it says, as Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him. The Holy Spirit is with <coughs> us every single moment of every single day. Jesus said, I will never leave you or abandon you. How is Jesus with us? By the Holy Spirit. When you go to the supermarket and you're doing your shopping, do you ever think the Holy Spirit is walking with me as I push this trolley round in Aldi or wherever your supermarket is? Probably we don't think like that, but we should. Because the Lord is constantly with us. And it is through the person of the Holy Spirit that God will speak to us. Samuel knew that constant presence of the Lord and he grew up to be this great prophet who spoke the word of God to the people of God. So there's five principles there that are just out of the life of Samuel as to how we can be a people who continually recognize the voice of God. So to hear God's voice, we've got to recognize it. But then just the second thing this morning, to hear God's voice, we must respond to it. Because Samuel said, the after the third time, he said, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. He made the right response to the voice of God. God doesn't come to us with kind of loud bugles to get our attention. God doesn't bark orders like a sergeant major on a parade ground. More often than not, he speaks in a quiet, still voice but often in a variety of contexts. If God wants to get our attention, he will sometimes do something that's rather unusual. So to get Moses' attention, God set a bush on fire, but the bush wasn't consumed. It just kept burning, and Moses thought, this is really interesting, and he went over and God began to speak to him out of the bush. For Elijah, we had read to us by Sanjay this morning that God spoke to him, not in the fire, not in the earthquake, not in the storm, but it was a small, small, still voice. And then also for Mary, an angel came to her and said, you are going to conceive and you're going to bring Christ into the world. That was a different way of God communicating. And then the Apostle Paul, before he was converted, he was on the road to Damascus and a bright light suddenly blinded him. And Jesus got his attention through that bright light and spoke to him and said, why are you persecuting me? And Paul is humbled and his life is totally transformed by the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, when God wants to get our attention, he will sometimes use unusual methods, but generally he will communicate to us in gentle ways. During our 50 years of marriage, I, I can only remember one or two times when Janice has shouted at me and um, either the house was burning down or I did something foolish. But um, 
generally she will speak to me in a very gentle, normal, loving way. And, and that's how God is with us. He won't shout at us. He won't bark orders at us. There's a gentle communication because God is love. And he will speak to us lovingly and graciously and tenderly. And often God will speak to us, as I've said before, through another person in times of prayer, through when we're quietly reading the Bible, through prophecy or through preaching. But God's gentle voice will often come through these different means of our drawing near to him. And how we respond to God's voice is incredibly important. You see, God looks for obedience. He says in Proverbs 20, the Lord's light penetrates the human spirit, exposing every hidden motive. God searches our hearts. God knows us far better than we know ourselves. He knows everything about us, but he wants to come and communicate to us and help us to become more and more like Jesus. Isaiah's experience of first hearing the voice of God, he said this, that the sovereign Lord has given me words of wisdom. Morning by morning, he awakens my heart. He opens my ears to hear his voice, to train me to teach. I wonder what goes in your ears when you wake up in the morning. For Isaiah, he learned to hear the voice of God when he woke each morning. And he also says, when you call, the Lord will answer and God will say, yes, I'm here, he will reply. And James, he says in his epistle, if you come close to God, God will come close to you. Sometimes we have to get rid of the baggage. Sometimes we have to get rid of the interference. Sometimes we have to get rid of the clamor of other voices that are demanding our attention so that we can come close to God and then he will come close to us. We know that God is so vast that he fills the whole universe, and yet he is so small that he can live in my heart and your heart. Isn't that incredible? He's a vast God, he fills the whole universe, and yet he can be so small that he can live within each and every one of us through the presence and person of the Holy Spirit. God wants to communicate with us. God wants conversation with us. And he wants it far more than we want it. And the more we open ourselves to him, the more we will be learning and familiar with his voice. Sometimes we need to find a place where God can speak to us. I remember some months ago talking to somebody and, and he said he, he was just laying on the beach and God spoke to him. And I said to that person, well, go back to that place. Sometimes there are special places where God will communicate with us. It just becomes particular to each and every one of us. God said to Moses, I will meet with you between the wings of the cherubim and I will commune with you. I will speak with you there. Exodus 25. That was a special place. Do you have a special place? Do you have a go to place where you can be alone and learn to communicate and commune? with the Lord. Isaiah heard the voice of God in his early years and he heard this voice saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And he said, Lord, I'm here, send me. And God commissioned him to be 
the great prophet that we read of in the book of Isaiah. When the angel of the Lord came to Mary to announce that she was to bring Christ into the world and that she would conceive in a miraculous way, she responded like this, as the Lord's servant, I accept whatever he has for me. May everything you have told me come to pass. All of us have to make a start like Samuel. All of us will have that time when we need to recognize God's voice for the first time. And sometimes we need childlike faith because Jesus said, unless you become as a little child, you will never enter the kingdom of God. Psalm 95, the psalmist said, if only you would listen to my voice today. So I trust that for all of us, we can be on an ever-increasing encounter with God where we're hearing his voice more and more. Let's take a moment to pray, and then we're going to go into some breakout groups and look at some questions together. Father, we want to thank you that you are a God who speaks. And Lord, sometimes we find it difficult to hear your voice, maybe in times of doubt, times of discouragement, times when so much else is demanding our attention. But I pray that by your Holy Spirit, you will help us to increasingly learn to recognize your voice and to respond to it and to live in that place where our communion with you is something sweet and precious day by day. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.